Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Psalms 103 verse 5 reads as follows. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Based on what I just read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. The presence of the Lord brings about an upgrade. The presence of the Lord brings about an upgrade. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your power. We bind the enemy right now that would try to hinder or stop what Jesus is doing. Thank you for your presence. You've been ministering all morning long. You ministered, amen, before we got here. You ministered during prayer. You ministered during Sunday school. You're ministering right now during our morning worship. And Father, we know you got a word for us this morning. We bind the enemy right now and we cast him out. Father, Holy Spirit, minister in this sanctuary to your people this morning. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's clap our hands and give Jesus a hand of praise for the topic this morning. In Psalms 103, and you look at verse 1, it reads as follows. Now, first of all, this is a Psalm of David. A Psalm of David. David was the man, of course, after God's own heart. David was a man that killed the soldiers, excuse me, killed the Goliath. And he was also the man that wrote several of the book of Psalms. David was a unique man because he had God's heart and he understood God better than most in his day. He wrote this Psalm and part of the Psalm he wrote, he, he talks about this. He says, bless the Lord. O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So he begins this out by stressing the importance of blessing the Lord, not just uh, with our mouth, but our soul. Our soul is our mind, our appetite, our desires, our emotions, our passions, the activity of the mind, the will, the choices we make. He wants us to bless the Lord. And that means that when I make my choices, I yield, I kneel before him in humility. I'm saying not my will, but your will be done. I salute him with my appetites. I say, God, this is your, I'm not talking about your natural appetite. I'm talking about your spiritual appetite. Your spiritual appetite has to be in line with God. And you have to learn how to eat the right things the right way. Are y'all following me so far? I honor, we honor Jesus and we celebrate him with our passion. We're passionate about our walk with God. We, we're passionate about God. We talk about Jesus. I'm telling you, it's just a whole different ball game when we talk about Jesus because Jesus is our savior. He's our Lord. He's our master. He is the reason we get up every day and we're passionate about Jesus. How many are passionate about Jesus? Let me just see uh, in the same. You gotta be passionate about Jesus. Amen. And so a mindset of blessing the Lord has to become 
who we are and not just what we do on Sundays in the church. So you got to be passionate about Jesus on a Tuesday. You got to be passionate about Jesus on a Thursday. You got to be passionate about Jesus on a Friday. You need to be passionate about our Savior. All this It's a mindset. It's not something that everybody has to conjure up. It's something that you do because you love God. It's something that you do because you love God. And no, listen, you should be past the point that somebody got to tell you to praise God. You should be at the point where you come into the house expecting to praise God. Mm. Some of us been in church too long for somebody had to remind us to clap our hands, to lift our arms. We should not be in church for these number of years. And somebody has to remind us of what we do when we get in the house of God. Now, if you just got here, that's what the praise team is for. They're here to teach us how to clap. They teach us we, we turn in victory. They teach us we leap a little bit. So when I get on Tuesday and I'm going through a rough trial, I can just sing praises unto God from the songs that we heard on a, on a, on a Sunday morning. Oh, y'all, y'all missed that. That was a good place to get happy about because I don't have to look for God. I know that God is with me and I, I and this is what you do. I ain't got to manufacture him. You should be mature enough that you ain't got to manufacture God. And if somebody can steal your joy, I wonder about your joy. Mm, let me get out of there. Let me go a little further. As we learn to bless the Lord the way that David describes daily, it changes how we act, changes how we think, it changes how we talk, it changes how we handle business and establish relationship. It automatically brings a lifestyle of upgrades into our lives. It brings a life of upgrades. That means we're raised to a higher standard. It brings benefits and improvements, and it causes better to take place in our life. It improves the quality of the way that we think. It improves the quality of the way that we handle our business. It, it causes us to operate in upgrades. And I'm going to talk about that for others as we get into it. Now, go, David goes on to share the following benefits that we read in Psalms 103, verse 3 and verse 4. It re- Psalms 103 verse 3 and 4 said, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. So we see the following benefits. Now, benefits are rewards, uh, advantages, gains, and profits. And when you walk with God, you should be operating in rewards, profits, gain and advantages. When you with God, you got the advantage. When you are with God and you doing what God tell you to do, you have the advantage. Oh, you got the advantage. Oh, why? Because you serve an unlimited God with unlimited resources. That gives us the advantage. That tells us that we're above and uh, excuse me, above only and never beneath. One benefit he talks about here in in Psalms 103 and verse 4 is he forgives our iniquities. He pardons us. He spares uh, us from the penalty of sin. So he forgives our iniquities. He heals our all our diseases. How do you mean heal, Pastor Doc? There is not one disease that God cannot heal. There is not one problem God cannot solve. Oh, you know, listen, listen, God has the final say so. Can I get two more? Can I say it two more times? God has the final say so. God has the final say so. And I'm glad to hear that today, because if I know God got the final say so, that means you can't determine my outcome. 
You can't determine my destiny. Why? Because God got the final say so. If he says that I'm going to live and not die, then, hey, I'll go by what God says. Because he heals. He makes helpful. He heals all natural hurts as well as personal distresses. I like the fact that God heals our mind. Ooh, I thank God that God heals our mind. And this is what you got to know about your mind. Your mind can be good one day, and all of a sudden you get some news, and it can go off on the deep end. Thank y'all. Three people agree with me. The rest of y'all pray for the rest of us, okay? Sometimes you can, your mind can be thinking right, and all of a sudden you can, something can happen. You can get a text. You can get a piece of mail. Somebody can come across your pathway, and your mind can just go off on the deep end. Oh, you thought you forgot how to do certain things, but your mind ain't forgot. Your mind will remind you, hey, you know, you remember how you used to cuss folks out? How you used to tell people off? And you gotta tell your mind, I'm no longer that person right now. My mind's being renewed by the word of God. I don't think like that, I don't talk like that, and I don't act like that. My mind is being renewed like the book of Romans chapter 12 says, I've been renewed by the spirit, but in my mind, I think and talk and act more like Jesus. And so instead of me cussing folks out, I pray for those that despitefully use me. I I bless those that try to take advantage of me. Why? Because I'm a child of the Most High God. Tell somebody I'm a child of the Most High God. Oh, yeah. If you're a child of the Most High God, you got to act like your lineage. You got to act like you've been bought with a price. You got to act like the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Jesus died for you back at the cross at Calvary. And you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. Tell somebody I've been redeemed. And so redeem is, means to deliver, pay the ransom for, purchase with his blood. And he redeemed us from destruction. And what you need to understand, that everybody before they became born again was on a pathway to destruction. But Jesus paid the price, so we, we, we are redeemed. He also crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He protects us and he surrounds us. That is God supernatural protection. God knows how to protect his people. Sometimes he protects us even from ourselves. How many can admit, you ain't got to admit it. Let's look up here real quickly. Pastor, God has protected me from myself. Now, you may not never had that experience. You may not never did anything that caused havoc and headache. I'm talking about, I ain't talking about the devil did it. You had to look in the mirror and say, I did it. See, that was me right there. I did some stuff in my life. Say, God, you thank you for protecting me from me. It wasn't the devil. It wasn't my neighbor. It wasn't church folks. It wasn't the people on my job. It wasn't the people in my family. It was me that messed up the situation. And I can't get mad with everybody. I tried to get mad with everybody, but as soon as I got along with God and I got quiet, Jesus said, you know, you shouldn't have did that. You never had, you, listen, you know when the presence of God is in your life, when God will turn it around and put it right back where it belongs. Here, listen, that's him revealing truth to you. Truth said, you know what, God, you know, I know I needed to repent. I should not let people get to me like that. Oh, oh, thank you all. I, I thought I heard two amens right there. I should not let people get to me like that. Mm, I don't think they heard me. Find somebody and tell them we should not let people get to us like that. Ooh, hey. 
I think they heard you. They might not have heard me, but they heard you. They can deny what you said, and you gave them Bible too. You cannot let people hurt us like that. Are y'all following me? Now, in my opinion, the thief will work in your mind, he'll work in your will, and he will work in your emotions in a manner that will cause us to get so emotionally charged with life that we begin to forget the many benefits the Lord provides us daily. We'll, we'll ignore what God has done. We'll cease uh, to care. We, it will wither away. I found that if you don't continue to practice the benefits of God in your life, you will soon forget them. Isn't that sad? Listen, if you do not spend time with God, you forget that God loads you daily with benefits. If you do not spend time with God, you will soon ignore the fact that God every day is providing something for you. Every day he provides the sun to shine down. down. He provides the moon. He provides the light. He provides the darkness. He provides the stars. He provides food put on your table. He provides air conditioning. He provides everything that you need. Did he not say I will supply every need according to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus? Did he not say I will put, amen, make sure that your, your basic needs and all your wants are taken care of? Did he not say it? Because if he don't do it, who's going to do it for you? Your family going to do it? Your loved one's going to do it? No, I need a God that is unlimited to provide the supernatural in my life. And so that's why David warned us in Psalms 103 and verse 2. Notice what he says in Psalms 103 and verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let me tell you something. God, Jesus would not tell us uh, not to forget if it's not possible to forget. You mean that I, as a person, will forget sometimes? Yes. Yes. How many can admit you have forgot some stuff in your lifetime? I mean, it's life. That's life. If you find somebody that remembers everything, they live it in a supernatural plane. But you know, most of us, some of us can't remember what we did two days ago. Look how y'all looking at me. Let me get, let, let me side, let me try the left side over here. Some of us can't remember what we did four days ago. If I ask you what you did at a certain time four days ago, you're like, what? Four days ago? What? Four, four days? What? Listen, some of us, some of us gotta start figuring out what was four days ago. <laughs> so that would be my first problem right there. Oh, was it Wednesday? Tuesday? What was four days ago? See, that would be some of us right there. So you know we ain't going to remember what we did. We can't remember what day it was. That's why we need Jesus. Jesus will never forget anything. He will never forget any promise he made to you. He will never forget what he told you, even though we may forget it. He'll constantly, that's why you get the whole spirit of truth that will continue to lead and guide us into all truth. And I love that about God because he will not forget what he told you. If God says you will be the head and not the tail, he ain't, ain't forgot it yet. If he said he'll give you peace that passes all understanding, he has not forgotten that yet. If he says the joy of the Lord is your strength, he has not forgotten that yet. And if he has not forgotten it, he will cause it to come to pass Oh, I thank God he will not forget. Tell somebody he will not forget. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you so much, Jesus, for not forgetting. And as, see, forgetting the benefits can cause us to forget the God of the benefits or start to act like we forgot. That's why it's important that we have his presence in our life. 
Because his presence brings all things back to our remembrance. That's why when you pray, his presence is so important. His presence gives you strength. His presence gives you joy. His presence gives you uh, ability to get the job done. That's why you're on the job. Listen, you may not sense his presence, but because you acknowledge his presence, he will show up on your business and in your job and do some great things for your life. He will help you raise your children, uh, Lord, by, by his presence. He will help you to love your wife or your husband in his presence. You need the presence of God in your household. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor Doug, for reminding me that I need the presence of God in my household. See, the presence of God is not just for the church. It is for your house. It is for you riding up and down the road. It is for you when you go shopping. I need the presence of God to show me what the deals are at. I need to, I need, listen, sometimes I need the presence of God to take, hey, tell me, pull that back and you see behind there is something in your size and a number five dollars. Boy, I heard sister testify to the fact that she got a dress and it, it, like, it was a nice dress too. I saw in it too and she was looking good in it. And she said it was about, I thought it was maybe, I thought it was about a fifty, a hundred dollar dress. And she said, you know what, Pastor, you would testify to your eleven dollar shirt, but I got this dress for eight dollars. Eight dollars. I said, go on girl, let me dance for you girl. Because if you got it for eight, it won't be long before I get mine for five. Not a dress, though. Glory be to God. <laughs> Brother, don't roll like that. <laughs> All right, here we go. As we remember the benefits and tell others about the benefits of our limited God who has unlimited resources, our upgrades begin to act as a witness. Act as a witness, I should say. It's evidence. It's proof. It's our witness to our families, our colleagues, our fellow church members, our friends, etc. It is a witness. It is a witness. Now, David shared, I know I got Dave, but David shared an additional advantage that the Lord provides in this particular verse. In Psalms 103 and verse 5. Notice what he says. He says, who satisfies your youth with good things. First, I want you to look at is that, they, that God satisfies. God satisfies. He satisfies. Oh, let me, let me say it to you again. God satisfies. He makes sure you got enough. You got plenty. You are fulfilled. You got access. I'm going to say this for later. Let me go and share this with you right now. When we first, in my experience as a pastor, most people come into the kingdom of God not knowing how to be satisfied. Do not know how to be satisfied. How you know, Pastor Dobbs? Because one, we had the world to teach us how to be satisfied. Who else taught you how to be satisfied? Ungodly people who were not satisfied themselves were trying to teach us how to be satisfied. And let me say this to you. Unsatisfied people cannot teach you how to be satisfied. Unsatisfied people who don't know how to be satisfied themselves, how can they teach you? From a godly standpoint, how to be satisfied. Because what they did was, they taught you, hey, if you got enough women, you'll be satisfied. If you got enough men, you'll be satisfied. If you got enough alcohol, you'll be satisfied. If you got enough, you'll be satisfied. If you got enough weed, you'll be satisfied. If you got enough 
anger, if you listen, if they told you you get them back about four times over, it would make you feel a whole lot better. Then you'll be satisfied. And you learn from the world how to be satisfied. But you came over here with God. God says, this is, that is not how you be satisfied. And the, this is what you got to understand about the problem. See, the problem is this. Some people think that when you're with God, you can't be satisfied. Because he is not doing it the way that you learned it back in the world. And these people are just like the children of Israel. The children of Israel went out into the desert, and, I, and when they couldn't get their way, they said, let us go back into Egypt, and we'll be satisfied in Egypt. How in the world can you go back to slavery and think you're going to be satisfied? How in the world can you go back to a place that's not even giving you enough straw to make the bricks and think you're going to be satisfied? How are you going to think when they were just rationing you what they wanted you to have and not what God wanted you to have and you're going to be satisfied? You cannot be satisfied in the world system. And therefore, sometimes people try to take that same mentality over into the church. They try to take it in the church and say, if God's not doing this and God's not doing that, or he's not doing it fast enough for me. They said, we kept God. If he was God, I would have this by now or I would have that by now. No, no, let me say this to you. God wants you to be satisfied with him first before you satisfy with other things first. He wants you to be in a position that you say, you know what? Listen, even if I don't have it, I'm still okay with it. And if I don't get it when I think I ought to get it, I'm still happy. Happiness is not based on what I get in the natural realm. It's what I get when my relationship, when the presence of God is in my life. And I thought about that. And I said, God satisfies. He made sure I got plenty. He made sure that I got a, a man fulfilled. He made sure that I have excess. He made sure my desires are fulfilled. I said, God, you satisfy. I thank God that, you know what, let me say this to you. If you just got into the church, you stick with Jesus. He'll show you how to be satisfied. You stick with Jesus. Because if you go back to the world, they will not give you everything you need and try to tell you you're all right. That's what the children of Israel had to learn. Moses had to break them. God had to talk to them that, listen, you can't go back to Egypt. Because you know what he did? He got rid of Egypt. He got rid of Egypt. He got rid of the world. And they had to learn how to be satisfied with God. And then even some of them didn't quite make it in. Because the, the uh, all except for Joshua and Caleb and a few, listen, everyone 20 years and older, they died in the wilderness. Because they thought God could not satisfy them. And God said, you know what? I will not let you go into my promised land. Because this is what you got to understand. They would have got there and they would have messed it up for those young people. Why? Because they just said, they had, listen, they would have been in a land flowing with milk and honey and they still wouldn't have been satisfied. Because they said, this is not what I thought it would be. Let me say this to you. You got to learn how to be satisfied with God. You got to learn how to be satisfied with God. Oh, you got to, listen, if God said, this is what you're supposed to have, this is what I'm supposed to have for him. Listen, if God said, I'm, you go, this is how you're going to supply the need, then this is my need being supplied. Because God doesn't supply your fleshly needs. He supplies your spiritual needs. 
That's his first priority. That, but that means you're going to learn how to pray. One of the best, first things you're going to learn. You're going to learn how to praise God in the midst of trouble. You're going to learn how to fast. You're going to learn how to pray. Look, y'all, y'all ain't getting happy about that. Y'all got happy when I talked about a car. Y'all got happy when I talked about a house and the land. But we should be happy talking about prayer. We should be happy talking about coming to church. We should be happy talking about being in the presence of Almighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. If anything should make us happy, it should be the presence of God. The presence of God. Let me tell you something. Listen, I may not have. Uh, my relationship may be going funny, but my, the presence of God, I never want to lose that. I never want to lose the presence of God. I never lose the presence of God in my job, in my business, or anywhere else. I do not want to lose that presence. And that presence satisfies me. That presence makes me full. That presence, see, you ain't got, listen, you may not have enough food to eat, but the presence of God will make you happy. You may not have enough money in your pocket, but you know what? You say, God going to supply my need. You're still smiling. <laughs> Woo! You, you ever been hungry and smiled at the same time? Woo! Because God, go, you know God going to eventually get you a meal. I'll thank y'all for the four amens right there. Have you ever been on a forest fast? That means you didn't have enough money to buy lunch, but you had to play it off. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't eating today, no way. What you were saying was, I ain't got no money in my pocket to even go and get me a dollar burger over at, there we go, sister. But you're still happy anyway. You're still smiling anyway. That means your fulfillment is not in your stomach. Because some people are not happy unless they got a good meal in their stomach. They're sad when they ain't got enough to eat. But God said, you know what? You got to believe me despite when you're hungry. Despite when there's not money, not enough money in your account. Despite the fact that you're being challenging your body. You got to be the presence of God. It's going to satisfy you. Oh, thank God for the presence of God. Can you sense his presence in this sanctuary right now? His presence is ministering to men and women and boys and girls. He's saying stuff to you that I don't I ain't got the privilege of knowing what he's saying to you because his presence is so powerful in this sanctuary. God is speaking promises into you. He says the promises of God is yes and amen. God is telling you, I'm gonna bring you out of this. And I know you say, Pastor, I don't know how I'm gonna get out, but the presence of God is saying, I'm gonna get you out. You say, I don't know how I'm gonna get out. The presence of God said, I'm gonna get you out. You it's a wrestling going on in your mind. But let me say this to you. Yield to the presence of God. You ain't got to see it. Just walk by faith and not by sight. And God is going to get you out of what you in right now. There's nothing going on in your life right now that God can't get you out of. Is anything too hard for God? Nothing's too hard for God. That's why he'll supply the need, according to Philippians 4 19. Supply me, he's going to furnish it. He's going to fulfill it. He's going to make it complete. He is going to satisfy. According to what? Riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's why we got to remain in faith and trust in his promise. We got to know that he is going to do what he said he's going to do. He's going to do it. So that's that I believe that we all must continue to learn how to be fulfilled in Jesus. We got to learn how to be fulfilled in Jesus to avoid falling to the trap of expecting a relationship, a job, a business, a career, a position, even a marriage to make us complete. Well, some people think if I get married, I'll be complete. 
Oh God, you know that ain't right right now. Because if you go into a marriage thing, that's going to make you complete. Boy, you're sad. You'll be sitting across my office. Pastor, I expected her to do this. And I expected her to cook biscuits. And I expected her to get up in the morning like my mama and cook biscuits and iron my clothes and wash my clothes. And, and she looked at me like, and she said this, I ain't your mama. And y'all know what happened after that, don't you? They were sitting in front of me. One time I, I thought she was going to treat me one way. I thought he was a man. Woo! Boy, y'all know it's going to be on and popping up in there. And now I need the Holy Ghost <laughs> to give me wisdom. So they ain't fighting across the death. <laughs> Woo! Now, you can't expect for it to make you complete. But you can't expect for Jesus to be completing you. And then he can use a relationship. Then he can use a job. Then he can use education. Then he can bring us to a level of fulfillment in our lives. A degree, an amount of fulfillment in our lives. However, we must remember that can't nobody, 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 nobody do us like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. That's why a believer, at times, we can allow immature Christians are non-believers to influence us or advise us and guide us to make, excuse me, on, on how to be fulfilled that are bitter, broken, unhappy people because of their personal lack of fulfillment. fulfillment. They can, you, we can allow the influence or the impact of those that are affecting us to advise us, to offer suggestions, to give counsel, to guide and make recommendations on uh, to us on how to be fulfilled, and these folks are bitter, they're broken, they're unhappy, and they're just sad people because they have no personal lack of fulfillment themselves. You got to be careful who you get advice from. You got to be careful. Even sometimes your own family can jack you up. I know they they mean well, but some of them just give you some whack advice. I'm just going to be real with you. Ungodly advice. Stuff that, and basically what it is, it goes against scripture. It goes against the written and the revealed word of God. That's why we may find ourselves doing ungodly activities, selling for toxic relationships. And see, when you get bad advice, you get in, you do ungodly activities. You, you get in some toxic relationships. Oh girl, if he loves you, you know, if he hits you a little bit, it'll be all right. He loves you. He may talk to you a little harsh a little bit. He, a little verbal abuse don't hurt nobody. Bad advice from somebody that's ungodly themselves, who's bad, who's sore themselves, who's bitter themselves, who's desperate themselves. Well, you know God got something better for you. God, let me say this here, God has something better for you. See, the scripture tells us that the flesh profits nothing, according to John 6 and, 6 and 63. Let's go to it real quickly. Book of John, chapter 6, verse 63. The flesh profits nothing. That means fleshly advice profits nothing. It is the spirit who gives life. 
The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That's why we need godly advice. Godly advice. Because fleshly advice, that, that, it gravitates toward sin. It gravitates toward ungodly desires. Animal nature. It profits nothing according to the particular text. Christians can create their own struggles because of the wrong influence and advice. Create your own struggle. Even people, let me, let me say this to you. There's some people been in the church for a while. You gotta be careful about their advice. Got quiet right there, but that's okay though. Y'all know today. Even some people who have been in the church for a while, you gotta be careful about their advice. You gotta be careful about their advice. That's what the Word of God teaches us. That we must hunger and thirst after righteousness, and we will be filled. Go to Matthew 5 and 6. Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Those that crave, those that hunger, they crave. They eagerly see and thirst what the soul desires, what the soul longs for. Notice this. You have to learn how to go after righteousness. You can't go by your old way of getting fulfilled. You got to do it God's way. You got to go after righteousness. What's righteousness? God's way of doing things. Conditions conditions acceptable to God. And then you will be filled or satisfied. Your expectations will be met. Because this is what you need to know about God. God is not going to meet a desire outside of his word. So he wants you to learn how to have the right desires in your life. So in turn, he can meet those according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We have to be careful not to slip. It's wanting our way of doing things as opposed to God's way. Of doing things. Our way can cause us to abandon the presence of God and all of his upgrades for our lives. Again, I go back to what I said earlier. Again, we can't let it slip. We got to be unintentionally, creep away, move quietly without attracting others. I talked about this earlier, but I want to say this to you again. In my opinion, it makes people that come into the kingdom of God don't know how to be satisfied. It's a process the Holy Spirit would teach every believer who is willing to learn. You're willing to learn. If we do not learn, we'll be like the children of Israel and think that the world does a better job than God does. It than God does. And as we experience the presence of God in our life, I want you to notice, go back to, to, the, to the last part of the text. In Psalms 103 and verse 5. Who satisfies your youth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now notice what he's undone. He's uh, he's satisfying us. But notice what he satisfies us with. He satisfies us with good things. Good things. But notice what he said, which is interesting to me. He satisfies our mouth with good things. He satisfies our mouth. With good things. Good means pleasant, agreeable, 
happy, kind, and prosperous things. The things that God gives you is going to make you happy. The things that God puts in your life will call, will be kind to you. They will cause you to prosper. How do I know that God is doing good things in my life? Because I'm happy about it. I'm happy because I know God is doing great things in my life. See, I believe that David understood just like Solomon did when he says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now notice this, death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. Where is the tongue located, naturally speaking? The mouth. Everybody see the text here? Now, what does he say I'm going to bring happiness to? I'm going to bring satisfaction to your mouth. What's in your mouth? Your tongue. Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. So how is he going to satisfy me? He's going to give me good things. What's good things? I'm going to call those things as not as though they what? I'm going to speak what God says. I'm going to say what God says. And as his presence comes into my life, he's going to give me the power to speak good things into my life. What's that power mean? He'll give me strength. He's going to give me, I like this definition, time. Time. It takes time. you got to learn how to speak what God says about you over and over and over again. Because eventually what you say will come to pass. Oh, isn't that good news today? If you say you deliver, you keep on saying it, sooner or later you're coming out of that situation. Boy, you say you're prosperous, sooner or later you're going to be prosperous. Oh, sooner or later you say I'm going to have my heart's desire, you keep on saying it. God has put the power, the strength, the ability, the time to share in your tongue. And as we experience the presence of God, it will cause, notice this, it will cause our talk to be more aligned with which God Wants us to have, cause us to be happy, and cause us to be prosperous. Then you notice that when we speak what God says, it's going to cause you to be happy. It's going to cause you to be prosperous. It's going to cause your life to be better. Isn't that good to know that your life going to be better when you say what God says, what you're going to have? Oh, yeah. And that's why he says this. And that, and that's why he says, as we experience, let me say this, as we experience the presence of God, our youth is renewed. What does that mean? Youth is a state of a person, an early life. It is renewed, rebuilt, repaired, and new again. There's a twofold benefit of our youth being renewed, and I'm going to close with these two benefits. One, believers in the Lord can be in his presence. How can you be in his presence and make his presence strong? It's through your devotion time, your church service, etc. It's going to cause your life to be better. And being in his presence brings about an upgrade. Being in his presence is going to cause better to take place in your life. Being in his presence is going to cause you to raise up to a higher standard, to improve, to improve the quality of your health, improve your finances, improve your thinking, improve your wisdom, improve your anointing. It is going to cause an upgrade in your anointing. Your prayer life is going to go to another level. Your praise is going to go to another level. Your giving is going to go to another level. Your receiving is going to go to another level. Why? Because you're in his presence. That that is an upgrade. That is you going up to another level. How many thank God for another level in God? How many know that you got it because you was in his presence? 
It wasn't because you was in at your job or at school. You got a better education. There's a lot of people in scripture that I ain't never read one college they graduated from. But yeah, they are much better than what they were. Children of Israel, I still don't know what job they got today. Other than crossing over, over the sea. I mean, crossing over the desert and through the sea. But what, didn't they come out a whole lot better if they stayed in Egypt? Oh yeah, they got an upgrade. Or they got houses they didn't build. Do you remember when Joshua got to that place with all them grapes? The grapes were so big that it took two men to carry all the grapes. The grapes were that big. Isn't that an upgrade than the little snowball grapes we buy every day? That is an upgrade. Isn't it good to know that God will counsel your debt, bring you out of a place of poverty into a place of having more than enough, being satisfied? If you follow his plan, it is an upgrade. How many have ever got one car and got an upgrade to another car? Woo, didn't you get an upgrade? Aren't you grateful for the upgrade? I know you are. How many went from living in one place, you living to another place? Was that not an upgrade? How many thank God for an upgrade in your housing living? Upgrade in your education. Upgrade, amen, in your giving. Oh, thank God. That was a good one right there, God. You got an upgrade in your giving. Why? Because you was in the presence of God. Your ties went because you, you made a hundred dollars a week. Now you're making more than a hundred dollars a week. You got to what? Upgrade. Woo. How many thank God for an upgrade? The second thing I want to give you. Believers in his presence. Now those, cause he uses a, a terminology. He says they can be repaired. Using the word renewed. So in turn, they can operate in full capacity like a mature saint. Now watch this. With a youth mindset. What does that mean, Pastor Dobbs? That means you, you're maturing in God. But you know what, the, the, what it says, though? When you, can't, oh, you get older, you can't do certain things. But how many know in God, it's good to have not only the things, but the mindset to do what's right by? Oh, any good to have the mindset to do what's right? If God give you $20 million tomorrow, any good to know that you got the mindset to do what's right by? But see, an immature mindset, oh, you got to wait till you get 70 years old before you get 20 million. Oh, but God says, I can give you that and then give you the, the energy and the strength in order to do what I call for you to do. Oh, isn't it good to know that when God heals, listen, God can heal your body. And then he said, now that I healed your body, I'm giving you the strength in order to do what I call for you to do. Isn't it good to know that God can deliver you and give you the strength in order for what he called for you to do? Oh, that's what that youth, excuse me, what he says, I'm going in the latter part of verse 5, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The eagles. That means something got to be repaired. Something got to be fixed. But God can bless you to the point that he can take your mature mindset and bring you back to a youth youth attitude a youth attitude you know a youth attitude is this oh we can do it yes i got the energy in order to get it done there are some people right now that you know some children right now you put them down on the floor they just run 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 they go 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 why they got that energy they got that mindset but they may not have the maturity what does god promise us he promised us the maturity along with the strength in order to get it done Oh, that's good news today. That's good. That means that I'm, I'm, when I'm in his presence, not only am I mature, but I've got the youth mindset 
to do what I'm called to do. And this is what you got to understand. One, one thing I, I wrote down about this text I want you to understand. Some people think because you're young, you're immature. They automatically think because you're young, you're immature. That's not what David was saying here. He was saying, I'm, I'm prepared your youth mindset. There were some things going wrong, but I fixed it up for you. Now, you can have what God promised you. You can have the blessing of the Lord that make you rich and add in no sorrow. And then, you know what you can do? You, you, got the, you got the energy to go do it. Woo, you got the power to go do it. What use if God bless you with all the promises of God, but you can't go out and do none of them? Not one. That would be a sad case. Is that right? But now you got the presence of God in your life. You got a youth mindset because God unfixed it up. You are mature and you can go out and do what God called for you to do. If God tell you to witness, you can go out and witness. If God tell you to go out and share the good news of Jesus, you got the ability to go out and share with a youth mindset. And that don't mean you mindset, you immature. That means that you are mature enough to go out and do what God called for you to do. Real quickly, two benefits. One, God is going to upgrade you. And number two, he's going to mature you, but give you that youth mindset. Mature you with that youth mindset. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.